0: Alright everybody, welcome back to the Top 2 Sports Podcast, where we give you everything you need to know to win your fantasy championship. Uh, My name is Matt Hicks, I'll be your host. Joined as always with me is Eric Adams. How we doing? Alright, glad to have you here Eric. Uh, Glad to be back with everybody here on our second episode of the Top 2 Pod. I want to remind everybody that if you're enjoying the content here, you can go ahead and check us out at top2sports.com. Or on Twitter, at Top2Sports is our uh, Twitter handle, along with at Top2Matt and at Top2Eric. We're going to want you to go ahead and subscribe on iTunes, so we are now on iTunes consistently. You'll be able to get updated episodes whenever we drop them. And uh, if you can go ahead and subscribe, give us that five-star rating, we'd really appreciate that. So we're going to jump right into it here, into our first segment, um, which is called Two Off the Top. That's our... If you're new to the show, that's our quick hot takes here. Just one minute back and forth about a uh, a topic in the sports world this week. So, Eric, why don't you go ahead and start us off?
1: So, uh, yeah, today's the Pro Bowl. That's uh, not exciting at all. We uh, got the AFC versus the AFC, I guess. Are they still doing that? Or is it like 15? No, they're still doing
0: it? I don't know what's going on. Aren't they in like Orlando. Yeah,
1: it? they do it in Orlando now, which the players aren't even happy about because you went from Hawaii to Orlando, and people like going to Hawaii, and I guess nobody likes going to Florida anymore. Yeah, what is that, like a budget cut? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, they can't even get the right place now. So, uh, I yeah, I don't really want to pluck the Pro Bowl, but I'm just giving it a mention because it's a game made up for, you know, the Jaguars and Steelers. Cheap shot there. But, yeah, so everybody... Uh, Maybe go
0: tune into that. Maybe not. I don't care. That is exactly... I think that's exactly how we have to to handle the Pro Bowl. Um, You know, we just have to acknowledge that it's there, and we don't really have to do much more with it. Uh, A more interesting bowl this weekend, I'd say, is the Senior Bowl. And uh, that actually happened yesterday. I'm not going to break it down too much, because we are going to have a Rookies episode here coming up shortly. So we're not going to get too into it, but I just want to kind of touch on the amount of quarterback action I feel like this year there's more quarterback hype than we've seen in the last couple of years and um we're certainly going to uh, I'm interested to see who the biggest bust is so it's it's always interesting to see who's gonna have the best career but I'm calling it right now and Eric I'm gonna ask you to throw a name out there as well but I don't think you're gonna like my name but I'm calling it out here right now Baker Mayfield is gonna be the biggest bust of the 2018 draft class so who do you think
1: uh whoever goes to the Browns
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so Josh Rosen, to his dismay.
1: Rosen, Allen, Darnold, Baker, uh, whichever one goes to the Browns, they're, they're
0: done. It doesn't matter. I think that's a very fair takeaway. Um, and, you know, kudos to Josh Allen for pretty much coming out and saying, I don't want to be on the Browns.
1: Yeah, uh, you can't blame him. I mean, it's not, he's not going to get a lot of love for that because everybody's going to be like, oh, you got to go where you wherever you're just taken," And he's like... Uh, I'd rather have a nice long career instead of rotten Cleveland. So. Right, yeah. Really you. Yes. But somebody's going to have to end up there.
0: Somebody is going to have to end up there. That is a fact. All right, so we have a pretty special episode here. Uh, we're going to be introducing the mock draft series. So very exciting. The mock draft series is going to take place over the course of this offseason, and it's with 12 great fantasy football minds. From around the fantasy sports community here. Um, It's going to be the same 12 of us. We're going to start off about every month here. And then once we get into the summertime and it's heavy mock draft season, we're probably going to be doing them every couple weeks. Um, So we're going to go through, we're going to go over. We did our first mock draft last week. It was 10 rounds, PPR format, redraft style. And again, it was 12 um, different fantasy minds from around the league. So I'm going to quickly gonna go through them, uh, just so you know who's playing, if you recognize any of these names. So, of course, me and Eric were in it, as well as Josh Paget Padgett. From, uh, he actually is contributing with us now from Top 2 Sports, but he's also with the Dynasty Dorks. We have Mark uh, Szymanski here from Fantasy Football Addicts. Derek Brown from Fantasy Football 24-7. Derek's actually going to be joining us in an upcoming episode, so we're excited to have that. Uh, we have the Fantasy Football Connection here, Dynasty Dorks. We have Dave from Dynasty Dorks, Anthony Saragoza from Redraft Fantasy Football Factory, Rick Rosen from The Checkdown, we have P- uh, PK Ripper from the Pyromaniac.com. of course Eric here, Wheeler from NFL Mock, and we have FantasyFootball101.com, so for anybody whose last name I pronounced wrong, I apologize. Um... But we're going to go ahead and just jump through. We're going to run through first me and Eric's team so that we can kind of give our takeaways from it. And then we're going to run right through uh, our biggest takeaways from each round. So we're going to go quickly here to keep it moving, but uh, we are going to try to give you as much in-depth analysis as possible. And um, just so you know, there's no rookies in this draft. We'll jump into that later on. Um, So Eric, why don't you go through the team that you drafted and tell me how you feel about them.
1: Well, uh, my first two picks went really well. I got DeAndre Hopkins at ten, and then uh, I came back around and got Melvin Gordon in the second round. Uh, that's a solid two stack. But after that, I got a little questionable. I, if I were to have this team in in real life, I would be a little a little concerned. Uh, it rounded out with uh, Zach Ertz in the third, Alex Collins in the fourth. Agalor in the fifth, Deion Lewis in the sixth, Brady in the seventh, Graham in the eighth, Mohamed Sanu in the ninth, and then rounded out with Marteus Bryant in the tenth. Uh, you know, I, looking at everybody else's teams, I, I kind of there's a lot of other teams that I like more than mine, but it's not the worst team, I guess. It's the first of many, so I'm willing to chalk it up to nerves. But uh, the, the big pick that I like the most out of mine that I think is going to be very underrated is Alex Collins. I think he's going to be a stud. Uh, I think he proved a lot this year. Assuming the Ravens hand him the job for uh, starting running back, I think he has the chance to be, you know, 1,200 yards, 10 touchdown type of guy. But uh, other than that, it's a little, little underwhelming to me. I think I could have done a little better. Oh, well, yeah.
0: I think you're right. I think you are you start off great. Your first three picks, getting Hop at the end of the first there, followed by Melvin Gordon in the second round. I think that's great value. Uh, Zach Ertz in the third, I love. But you're right. After that, you start kind of getting into players where they could be big hits, they could be misses. So uh, I'll quickly go through my team here. I had the, the second pick in the draft, which I'll tell you this year, the second and the third picks, I think, are probably the least valuable spots to start off in. Because really in the top five, you could take Gurley, Bell, Beckham Jr., Brown, David Johnson. I mean, you could take any combination of those players in the first five picks and it would make a ton of sense. So Todd Gurley went off the board first. So I followed that up with Le'Veon Bell here in the, in the first pick of the, uh, the first second pick of the first round. I apologize. And then I went Tyreek Hill in the second, Jordan Howard in the third, which I love Jordan Howard in the third. Larry Fitz in the fourth, fantastic value there, Crabtree in the fifth, Evan Ingram in the sixth, Emmanuel Sanders, and Kirk Cousins, seven and eight, and then I finished it off with a couple guys I'm going to roll the dice on here, Marlon Mack and Ty Montgomery, so I really love my squad, I want to go ahead and just start start this league right now for real, forget Mach, give me this exact lineup, I love it. Um, this is my Kirk Cousins-Emmanuel Sanders stack because in the future I'm just betting on Kirk Cousins being in Denver. I think Marlon Mack steals that job from the aging Frank Gore in the offseason and becomes a great running back two option. Um, and then if Larry fits, you know, I think he slid so far because we're expecting him to retire, but I don't care who's throwing him the ball. If he is on the field, I want him on my team. So... I'm excited about this team. I think it's a real good squad. Like I said, I'm ready to hit the field with them now. But let's go through and go round by round now. And so the first round, I mentioned earlier, it started with Todd Gurley, followed by Le'Veon Bell, Odell Beckham Jr., Antonio Brown, David Johnson, number five, followed by Zeke, Kareem Hunt, Leonard Fournette, Alvin Kamara. Eric mentioned he took DeAndre Hopkins at 1.10. Julio Jones at 11, and finishing the first round is A.J. Green at 1.12. So, Eric, biggest takeaway from the first round?
1: Uh, Gurley over Bell. I think that's going to be the debate going into the offseason. Uh, it could be interchangeable, assuming Bell goes back to Pittsburgh. But uh, right now, I'm on the Gurley bandwagon. I think Gurley's better. But that could change. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see people's arguments for uh, Gurley over Bell or Bell over Gurley.
0: Yeah, um, it's definitely going to be the back and forth. I think Bell is the consistent pick. If you use history, that makes a lot more sense. But Todd Gurley's the hot pick, so um, I agree with you though. I think it's a it's a little questionable to take Gurley over Bell. So sitting at second, you know, I love that pick. Uh, My biggest takeaway is that we mentioned seven out of the first 10 off the board were running backs. And so last year we were wide receiver heavy in the first round, but I think this is going to be very telling of what we see uh, throughout the off season. I think people are going to move around a lot. You can put these running backs really in any order that you want. Um, So again, in order just by running backs, it went Gurley, Bell, Johnson, Zeke, Hunt, Fournette, and then Kamara. And so I think you can move Hunt, Fournette, and Kamara, depending on your preferences, all around. Zeke and David Johnson, you know, a lot of uncertainty about where to put David Johnson. But I think that we can say for sure that we have moved into, you know, the a year of the running back here early on. So jumping into it here, the second round, in order, it went Dalvin Cook, LaShawn McCoy, Gordon, Freeman, Michael Thomas, Christian McCaffrey, an interesting pick just before Keenan Allen. Mike Evans, Rob Gronkowski, first tight end off the board there from Derrick Brown. Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, and then Mark Ingram finished up the second round. Eric, what's your takeaway here?
1: Uh, I'm just looking at Mike Evans and seeing him fall out of the first round and how much he screwed me this season. Uh, I, I mean, I guess this is a good spot for him. I hope he gets a little more improvement because he really... Like I said, screwed me this year. But um, I just, you know, I to see him go and then have Gronk go after him, I think that's a good spot for Gronk. I think Gronk can sneak into the first round. Um, but other than that, I'm just looking at Evans. I just look at how much of a free fall that was.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't love Gronk at that pick. Um, and I get, I agree, he should be the first tight end off the board. And I know I'm probably not going to get Gronk if I don't want to get him in the first two rounds, but it's just too high to take a tight end for me. Um, So I'm willing to wait on Gronk. I don't like him that high. Again, I get it. The next tight end that came off the board here is going to be Kelsey in the the third round. And then at the end of the third, you take Ertz. Um, And so I actually, if I'm going to take a tight end out of those three guys, I'm going to take Ertz. So... Um, and again, Gronk has the most upside, of course the injury risk, but I just don't want to pay up for him. So moving on to the third round here, Jarvis Landry, Jordan Howard, again I mentioned Travis Kelsey, that he went at 3.03, Kenyon Drake, Carlos Hyde, hooked on an Adam Thielen, uh, Golden Tate, Doug Baldwin, the aging Doug Baldwin, Brandon Cooks, Zach Ertz. Demarius Thomas hanging out here in the third round still. And then an interesting pick to finish it up uh, by Football one on onecom is Jay Ajahi. So talk to me, Eric. Uh,
1: the Cooks pick. I You know, I like Brandon Cooks being a Patriots fan. I think what you got from him this year is what you're going to get from him next year. Even with Edelman coming back, maybe a little more improvement. But uh, if you're comfortable with this stat line, I mean, I guess that's a good spot for him. And also, at the end of the round, like you said, the interesting pick, Ajayi, you know, he's like an old man. He runs like he's about to break down any minute, and I, I'd I be a little weary. You know, people are going to take him, obviously. People will obviously take him high next year, too. He will not be taken on my team. I'm not taking a chance on him. I don't, I don't trust him.
0: Yeah, I don't want him before the fifth round, and I know he's not going to go that far down. So if you're willing to take the risk, just remember what his upside was. I mean, he fell this year because of previous production, and he's on an offense right now that doesn't seem to want to utilize him. I don't know if that will change in the offseason, but um, I'm with you, Eric, 100% on Jai. Okay, um, so my biggest takeaway is, and this was my own pick, so I guess I was drawn to this one, but Jordan Howard in the third Jordan Howard was a first-round pick consensus last year. I mean, back of the first round, somewhere between 1-9 and 112. But I love Jordan Howard at this pick. And I get it. He was inconsistent this year. He was touchdown-dependent, uh, which is always risky. But he is on a growing team. And I'm not going to give you the Matt Nagy, turn things around like Sean McVay, Todd Gurley, you know, dialogue that I've been hearing a lot about Jordan Howard. To a degree, yes. But here's the bottom line. He's already a productive running back, but he is on a team that is growing. They have no offensive weapons right now. You know that they're going to invest in wide receivers in the offseason. Trubisky has an entire offseason to kind of develop into that, you know, lead quarterback type role. So Jordan Howard could only go up, and I think that if he falls even to mid to late second round for you, you have to jump on Howard. So at early third round... He still had 1,100 yards and nine touchdowns, so that's pretty damn good for the third round. On an absolutely trash offense, I mean. Yeah, with no other threat. You're absolutely right. And they didn't get the ball that much. Um, so I think that, yeah, moving forward, Eric, you hit on that exactly. He's able to get it done right now, so I can only imagine things are going to get better for him. All right, so let's go ahead and move on to the fourth round here. T.Y. Hilton starts us off, followed by first quarterback off the board, go figure, Aaron Rodgers. Er, uh, Alex Collins, taken by Eric, quickly followed by Derek Henry, Amari Cooper, Alshon Jeffrey, Lamar Miller, Stephon Diggs, Joe Mixon, Tevin Coleman, uh, Larry Fitz, and then Jordy Nelson. So a lot of names that... Um, I think we're starting to get into the territory where we're not getting into solid locks anymore. It starts to get a little bit more interesting. Um, big takeaway here.
1: Uh, Jordy Nelson. I think this is the year. I don't want to Max Kellerman him, but I, I think that clip is coming for Jordy Nelson this year. I, something tells me he's getting a little too old to be able to run the routes that he usually does. I know he still has Rodgers, but Adams is a, a far better wide receiver now. Uh, I just I don't know. I I worry about Jordy Nelson, especially if even if he's a cut. If if he gets cut from the Packers, I I don't have faith in him going to a team that utilizes him the way the Packers do. So, i understand it's a low pick. It, it, what is that? Like four? That's the end of the fourth round. I mean, it's a it's a low risk pick, but I I just I don't like Nelson this year as much as I have in years past.
0: Yeah, I mean you're absolutely right. If he's even on the Packers, Packers, it seems like have to cut one of their wide receivers, and they save more money. I believe they save more money if they cut Nelson than Cobb. So, um, I think one of them. What was that? It's a
1: decision.
0: It's a decision. What well, What would you do, Eric? If it's your pick, you're the GM of the Packers. You have to spend your off season freezing in Green Bay, Wisconsin, even in the summertime. What do you? What decision do you make to get you through that? <sighs>
1: Oof. Uh, you know, I just, I just said he, he might be
0: gone, but I'd, I'd still be willing to take the chance with Nelson. I'd probably still cut Cobb.
1: Yeah. I, Cobb hasn't worked out. Cobb, he, you know, wasn't he a first round pick? He, he went thirty second overall, right?
0: I, I, I'm gonna take your word for it. I'm pretty sure he went thirty second when they, when they, uh, they either drafted him. After the Super Bowl,
1: but I, you know, that, he hasn't—he hasn't been as all that they've piped him up to be. So I, I, I think I would cut loose Cobb and then just hope, hope Nelson has maybe one more year left.
0: I love this approach. Eric gives the rational GM approach, and then he gives Eric the GM approach, and so I appreciate that. I appreciate Eric the GM. <laughs> all right. Um, at 4.09 is going to be where I hone in on. Now, if you have pretty much, if you follow me on Twitter, or you read, if you've read any article that I have done, um, you know that I am not a Joe Mixon fan. He's overrated. He had plenty of opportunity this season to become something. He had one good game that has overinflated all of his stats, which by the way are still terrible stats, um... And I will save my real digging into him for the Running Backs uh, podcast, which is going to be coming up soon. So I'm just going to say that Joe Mixon is not a fourth-round pick, even at the end of the fourth round. I'm not touching Joe Mixon unless he comes around in the sixth or seventh round, which he will not, of course, because Joe Mixon truthers will pump his value all the way up. But this guy was overrated coming out of college. He he was losing a quarter or running back battle, I'm sorry, for most of this season in a subpar running back committee. Um and he was the guy that everybody wanted. So don't blame Marvin Lewis for not playing him. Blame Joe Mixon for not winning that job um over Jeremy Hill and Giovanni Bernard. Um and so don't take Joe Mixon in the fourth round. You're throwing away your pick. I respect Derek Brown a lot, um, and I'm sure he's going to come in and defend himself a little bit. We're going to have him on the Running Backs podcast, but um, I'm interested to hear that because I'm not a fan. But moving on to the fifth round, I can get off my soapbox here. C.J. Anderson starting off the fifth round. Michael Crabtree, Chris Thompson, Sammy Watkins, Eric's Boyd, Juju Smith-Schuster, <laughs> Russell Wilson, second quarterback off the board. Devin Funches, Robert Woods, Des Bryant, Nelson Aguilar, Duke Johnson, and then finishing off the round is Josh Gordon. What do you got for me?
1: Who do I like there? Out of all those picks, who do I like the most? You know, uh, I could I could chime in on Juju, but I'm not. Uh, you know, Robert Woods had a really good year, and I think that's a good spot for him. Uh I think he's going to have another good year. I re- I really like what Robert Woods put on the table this year. Second year in McVay's system should only make him better. Uh, Dez after that, uh, th- that hmm. and PK Ripper was he was trying to defend himself too in the the Twitter discussion. He he really he really thinks Dez is going to have a bounce back year, and me and you think seem to think he's going to be out of Dallas.
0: I, well, I think I think he could have the bounce back year if he is out of Dallas. So, I I see those things correlating. Let me ask you, though. So, this was a big point of discussion, too, since you mentioned Robert Woods. Sammy Watkins went one, two, three, four. He went four picks in front of Robert Woods. So, do you like the fact that Sammy went above Robert Woods?
1: I do, just because of the upside. I mean, if Sammy... Does resign in St. Or uh, Louis, in Los Angeles, and then he gets the full offseason under his belt. I have to imagine he'll be better. And Robert Woods would be the two, but I mean, four picks ahead. I think that's right about where you should be comfortable with those two players. Uh, Robert Woods, though, he was the better receiver this year. He really was. He he was the one who played, who who showed more chemistry with Goth. So. Uh, that's going to be a storyline to watch for me in Los Angeles
0: for sure. Yeah, and it looks like here uh, who was that? Derek Derek took uh, Sammy right before a couple of picks before Rick Rosen took uh, took Robert Woods, and I think in most drafts you're not going to see it go that way. I think in most drafts Robert Woods will go before Sammy Watkins, but I agree. I think Sammy has big upside. He was he was the real touchdown targets guy. And so that, for me, gives me confidence. They have a whole offseason to scheme around him. So I do like Sammy going before Robert Woods, but I think in most drafts, you're actually going to get value there because Woods will go first. So I really like C.J. Anderson here with the first pick in the fifth round. C.J. Anderson has all the potential in the world to be a running back one if he's in an offense that utilizes him like a running back one. And now... I think you can already tell, I'm all in on the Kirk Cousins going to Denver thing. So if Kirk Cousins is in Denver, and they have an actual passing attack that defenses actually have to scheme for, and they can't shove seven or eight guys in the box to stop C.J. Anderson, and then C.J. Anderson gets the 20-plus carries a game that he should, he is absolutely, put it down on paper, he will be a running back one next season. If Kirk Cousins is in Denver, and they give him an average of somewhere around 20 carries a game so to get a potential first round running back in the fifth round great job to mark from fantasy football addicts on that pick i love that pick all right let's swing it around here julian edelman is the first pick in the sixth round that's an interesting one Allen robinson deon lewis marvin jones marvin jones what a value right there Cam Newton coming off the board. (laughs) Sorry, I'm just looking here. When Rick wrote this down, he wrote Cameron Newton. I don't think I've ever seen anyone call him Cameron Newton. Thanks for that, Rick. Uh, Marquise Goodwin, Chris Carson, Jamal Williams, Corey Davis, DeMarco Murray, Evan Ingram, and then finishing out that round is Greg Olson. So what are you thinking?
1: Uh, You know, DeMarco Murray... I don't know where he's going. He's not going to be back in Tennessee, so that could be an interesting pick. Depending on where he goes, I mean, he really could be utilized well. I, he, I still think he does have something left in the tank. Uh, it's just going to depend on where he goes. That's that's the case with a lot of these guys, but Murray specifically, you know, he was he was being – I think he was being taken in, like, the second round last year, so if he goes to the right team, that's a hell of a pick.
0: Uh, I, did a qu- I did a quick Google search while you were talking, Eric, because I wasn't sure how old DeMarco Murray was. DeMarco Murray is 29 years old, but I kind of feel like Google's lying to me and he's secretly like 35.
1: <laughs> I would have guessed like 33 at
0: least. He seems old, right? Yeah, he's got that old looking face. Yeah, so I don't know if he's just been around the block. He's been on a lot of different teams the last couple of years, but you're right. I think in some leagues he was a late first round pick last year, so... Uh, DeMarco Murray, he just didn't have it this year. I think most people expect um, Derrick Henry to take that job. And we mentioned what Derrick Henry went off the board, I think in the third or fourth round here. Um, so for me, DeMarco Murray is just one of multiple examples of, of a risky round. It seemed like in the sixth round, people were willing to start taking those risks. And so we see Allen Robinson come off the board, who I like, but you know he's a big upside. It depends on where he ends up. Dion Lewis, can he repeat... Um, in that New England backfield that tends to churn over their product so quick. Marquise Goodwin, I love his upside, but taking him this early in the offseason is a risk because what if they bring in an Allen Robinson or another uh, big play kind of guy? Chris Carson, um, Dave from Dynasty Dorks took Chris Carson here. I get that he's probably the lead running back in Seattle, but you got to think they do something else in the offseason. You can't feel good about having Chris Carson as your top running back, can you? Nope. No, absolutely. It just doesn't even sound fun to say Chris Carson. Like, what is that? All right. Jamal Williams, again, a risk. I took, um, was it my last pick? Yeah, I took Ty Montgomery with my last pick. Remember, when everybody's healthy, Ty Montgomery was the first running back on the depth chart, and Jamal Williams was the third. And so... I know they're going to be mixing it up a little bit, but you got to think that Jamal Williams isn't going to have the workload that he had when everybody was hurt. Corey Davis is also a risk here. Again, probably high upside. We're coming off of a good offseason for Corey Davis, but it seems like, I don't know, maybe the sixth round is the point where people are willing to get kind of gutsy with their picks. So moving on here to the seventh round, we have Pierre Garcon, Emmanuel Sanders, Isaiah Crowell. Aaron Jones, we were talking about Green Bay running backs. Bilal Powell, Bilal Powell. I don't even know. I don't really know how to say his name, to be honest. I just, I kind of go for something new every time. See what I like. Sterling Shepard, Will Fuller the fifth. Frank Gore, Deshaun Watson, Tom Brady, uh, Dante Foreman, and Carson Wentz. So I'm starting to notice some of our quarterbacks coming around pretty much in the order that we had them ranked.
1: Yep. Um, you know, I, Matt, I'm going to go to your pick, Emmanuel Sanders, because I want, I want to get this out there. There are reports saying that Emmanuel Sanders is as good as gone in Denver. That shocks me.
0: I just spit out my drink.
1: I Right? How, how much of a wrench does that throw into our Kirk Cousins to Denver plans? I don't. There, and there's also a report saying that both him and Demarius could test the open market. That would just be a shame halt the brakes on the Denver, or the Kirk to Denver plans because if they're both not there I mean I don't see the fit anymore I don't I'm don't see why Kirk would ever give them peace of mind if that that throws Arizona like heavily into the mix for me I would or even maybe the Jets I don't I don't know but it's
0: gonna be pretty bad to consider the Jets Eric let's not get out of control
1: uh, all right I'm I <laughs> Patriots fan. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to give him any uh, peace of mind. But if if Emmanuel Sanders isn't in Denver, I mean, well, here's the, here's the positive. If Emmanuel Sanders isn't in Denver, one place I could see him going is New England because when he was a free agent in uh, I think it was 2012, 2013, whenever he, whenever he was a free agent, free free agent, free agent that went to uh, Denver. Because they signed, they signed him away from Pittsburgh, I believe. I believe he was a restricted free agent. Uh, the two teams that were really vying for him were Denver and New England. So if Denver does let him go and let him walk, I could see New England getting into the into the fray there. And if New England gets in, I mean that's that does good
0: things for his value, even though there's so many receivers in New England. But stop stealing everybody's wide receivers, Eric. Other teams need wide receivers.
1: I want Jarvis Landry too. I want uh, somehow, some way I want it to happen.
0: You can't afford Jarvis Landry. They would never pay um Jarvis Landry the money that he would
1: Yeah, they're already paying uh Cooks, I believe, like eight million next year. So yeah, no, it's not happening. Yeah.
0: Alright. I alluded to it briefly here and we're gonna keep this thing moving, but I'm gonna point out that um the quarterbacks, it seems like the seventh round is when the quarterbacks really start flying off the board here with Watson, Brady and Carson Wentz all going pretty close to the way that we ranked them here in our order. So, um, uh, tomorrow our Deshaun Watson was the fourth quarterback taken. I believe we had him rated at QB5. Tom Brady was the fifth QB taken, and we end up with Brady at 3 or 4 in our consensus rank, somewhere in there.
1: I believe he was 3.
0: Three, and then Carson Wentz went sixth. Um, of course, with the injury is why me and Eric had him a little bit lower, but great value at six, especially if he's ready to start the season. Talk about risky picks here to start off the next round. Jordan Reed, oh boy. Cooper Cup, Jimmy Graham, Jack Doyle, Cameron Meredith. That's a sneaky pick by Rick Rosen in the eighth round from the checkdown. down. Uh, I really like that Cameron Meredith pick. Marshawn Lynch. Rex Burkhead, Kelvin Benjamin, Tariq Cohen, Andrew Luck, Kirk Cousins, and Theo Riddick. (laughs) Why is Theo Riddick still in the league? Get out of the
1: league, Theo Riddick. He's like a cockroach. (laughs) Won't go away. (laughs) So, uh, you know, I appreciate the the Burkhead pick, but uh, if he doesn't go back to New England, he has no value. (laughs) He, he, He will not be drafted. And he probably shouldn't be on the board, but if he goes back to New England, that pick looks a lot better. <laughs> That's all I got to say about that.
0: Um, all right, I'm going to pivot a little bit here, and I'm going to talk about the tight ends. Uh, Jordan Reed going before Jimmy Graham and Jack Doyle. I don't like it at all. Um, so I apologize to the Fantasy Typhoon from Football One On One dot com, Fantasy Football One On One I. I think that Jimmy Graham is a perfect pick, late-round pick for tight ends. Um, Probably moving on from Seattle, he saw one of the lowest snap – and I don't know the exact stat here, so I apologize – but he saw one of the lowest snap counts for starting tight ends last year, and he still had a ton of touchdowns. I think he had eight or nine touchdowns or something like that still. So if he moves on to an offense that really appreciates him, I'm not saying he's going to be New Orleans' Jimmy Graham – but I'm not saying he won't be New Orleans' Jimmy Graham either. And Jack Doyle, I love Jack Doyle. A great pick here by PK of pyromaniac.com. Um, Jack Doyle has everything going for him, an offense that will improve next year, with a quarterback who is back, that elite-level quarterback and Andrew Luck coming back, actually utilizing him, and maybe even getting targets in the red zone, which is not Jack Doyle's fault. It's... Indianapolis' problem, so Jack Doyle can be a great um, reception and touchdown kind of guy next year. Rolling into the ninth round, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, Eric's favorite, followed by Marlon Mack, Kenny Stills, Drew Brees, Matthew Stafford, Jameson Crowder, Delaney Walker, Deshaun Jackson, Wayne Gallman, Mohamed Sanu, Hunter Henry, and Peyton Barber, so... There's some interesting picks in there. There is.
1: Uh, so we got ninth round here, and there's Jimmy Garoppolo. Listen, this is this is early in the offseason before we even get into anything with free agency or the draft, and Jimmy's going in the ninth round. Just let that sink in and know for a fact that Jimmy will probably be going higher than that. He will probably go in the eighth or seventh round. He could possibly even go high as the sixth round people get on board the train is leaving the station it's gonna happen He is gonna go very high
0: how about marlon mack here just sitting there on the board for me in the ninth round that's fantastic frank gore went in the seventh round listen frank gore has had an incredible career i get it he gets the job done he held on to his job all through this season but at some point in time mother nature is just going to walk up to Frank Gore and say, it's been real, but we're done here, all right? Marlon Mack is going to take the job from Frank Gore this season, and to get the starting running back for the Indianapolis Colts, who will have Andrew Luck, who will have a real T.Y. Hilton next year, because T.Y. will have Andrew Luck, and to get that offensive line help that I'm assuming they're going to take in the draft, Marlon Mack has a real chance to be a consistent running back too, and I don't see him dropping any, bit, any lower than a flex-level running back next year. So if Marlon Mack is available in the ninth, heck, if he's available in the 8th, go ahead and take him because I think that's a great value. But let's roll into our final round here. We did only do 10 rounds in the first draft. We're going to be switching up the format all sorts of different ways as we continue here uh, in the mock draft series. But for the sake of this first one, the last pick... In the, or the first pick in the 10th round by Fantasy Typhoon is Matt Breda, followed by Samaji Pirine. Eric took Martavius Bryant. PK took Robbie Anderson. Rick Rosen took Eric Ebron. Anthony from Redraft F- Football Factory took Philip Rivers. Dave from Dynasty Dorks took O.J. Howard. Uh, the Commish from Fantasy Football Connect took uh, ASJ, Austin Safarian Jenkins. I like that pick. Derek Brown from Fantasy Football 24-7 took D.D. Westbrook. Uh, Josh, who's with us as well as Dynasty Dorks, took Keelan Cole. And I took Ty Montgomery. And then Mark from Fantasy Football Addicts took Dante Moncrief. So, Eric, last round, who do you got?
1: Yeah, you know, people seem to be in love with these uh, Jaguars, young receivers. I'm specifically talking about Cole and Westbrook. Looking back at the AFC Championship game, uh, I think people should pump the brakes on both of these guys. Alan Hearns had six receptions, 80 yards. Marquise Lee had four for 41. And then you have Cole and Westbrook. Cole had two for 37. Westbrook had one for 29. You know, I I understand people want to go with the young and fresh new guys. But uh, if Hearns and Lee are still there, I still see Hearns and Lee being the top guys. Plus, if they bring back Alan Robinson, that'll be even further down the depth chart. I, I like Cole. I don't like Westbrook as much, but I do like his intangibles. I mean, I understand and this is the last round. We're just taking risks here, but I would, I'd pump the brakes a little bit on those two guys.
0: Yeah, and I don't think anything's actually confirmed yet, but I've seen different reports that actually Lee and Hearns are going to be the ones that um, leave town in Jacksonville, which, yeah, I it's an interesting choice what they have to do. They have... Five wide receivers that they could potentially bring back, but with the exception of Allen Robinson, they're you know they're all kind of in the same ta- talent level, and it makes it really murky for us as fantasy owners. But I agree with you, I think Cole has a little bit more upside than Westbrook for me, he's more of a big play kind of threat, and he seemed to emerge target-wise more than D.D. Westbrook towards the end of the season. But this early on, I think it makes sense that they go back-to-back picks because we're really not sure what to do with them. I I talked about tight ends in the uh, eighth round there, but I want to talk about tight ends again because for the most part, you're either going to take a tight end early, you're going to take one of those top three guys, you're going to take some risks in the middle, which is that kind of Jack Doyle, Jimmy Graham, Jordan Reed range, but my suggestion here is that if you can't get one of those top, top guys, just hang on and wait for some of these guys that you're going to get in the last round. So I think OJ Howard, Eric Ebron, and who's the last one? ASJ in this round, they went because we only had 10 rounds. I think that if we go the full, they're dropping probably into the 12th, 13th, 14th round. Don't be afraid to just sit back and take one of these guys. Maybe take two of these guys and play the streamer each week. I think O.J. Howard is going to only see more target shares as that um, as that offense kind of pans out. Again, you know, if you listened last week, you know, I don't have a ton of confidence in Jameis Winston. I love Eric Ebron. You know, it depends on who you're going to, which Eric Ebron you're going to get. But the, you know, 10 targets a game, pulling in seven of those Eric Ebron is is a great value in the last round of any draft. So, when it comes to tight ends, I suggest either sticking with those top three guys, if you can get Gronk, Kelsey, or Ertz. If not, if you get a good value in that middle round, go ahead, pull the trigger on it. Um, like I did with Evan Ingram in, I think, the sixth round I took Evan Ingram. That was too good of a value for me. But otherwise, just hang around to these late rounds. You're going to be able to grab people like OJ Howard, ASJ, um, and Eric Ebron. So, Eric, any final takes overall on the first installment of the Mock Draft Series?
1: Uh, I just can't wait for the second one now. we got to get the second one up and running.
0: It's exciting. I know. Uh, we're really excited to have this partnership. Um, and it's been a lot of fun just talking fantasy football with some of the best minds here in the fantasy football community. So, with that, we're going to wrap up this episode of the Top 2 Pod. Again, I want to remind everybody to check out all of our articles here on top2sports.com. We do much more than the podcast. Um, Josh actually just threw up a great article on rookies for us. Can't wait to have him on the show start talking about rookies as well. So go ahead and head to our website. Check that all out. Head to the website of any of the people we've mentioned here. We will be throwing up an article on this. So you can go ahead and check that out at top2sports.com. You'll be able to see the full breakdown, everybody's picks as well as their affiliations and in their websites as well. Reminder to everybody here, please subscribe to us. Go ahead and give us that five-star rating so that people think that we're cool. Uh, and we're going to be coming up next. A lot, of, uh, good, a lot of good episodes coming up, more position rankings, more kind of fun episodes. I don't want to release the details on that yet, but we're going to be having some fun here soon. So with that, I'm going to thank you all for joining us. Eric's anything motivational as we're ending this episode here
1: the best and most beautiful things in the world cannot be seen or even touched they must be felt with the heart helen keller wow
0: that is that is motivational really truly inspiring all right thanks everybody for joining us